people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, an RPG podcast built for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I'm joined by Matt from Teens with Attitude as we blast off to explore the Stars Without Number role-playing system by Kevin Crawford. Stars Without Number is sci-fi gaming in the sandbox style. Equal parts old-school D&D and classic Traveler, it offers a classic, familiar mode of play in a massive, exotic, far-future landscape. Much like Scarlet Heroes, also by Kevin Crawford, it's a game you'll likely see a lot more of on the show, simply because of the incredible versatility offered by the rule set. There are so many different stories you can tell, from far-future businessmen to alien-battling mercenaries to the sort of political intrigue that we get to in this episode. Interested in coming on the show as a guest? Shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to have you on the show. And with all that out of the way, let's throw it over to me in the past so he can get things started with the show. Thanks, you, Jermaine. This week, I am joined by Matt from Teenagers with Attitude. Matt, how are you doing today? Thank you so I, much for coming on the show. I'm doing extremely well, and it is my pleasure. Thank you. It has been a long time since I've played some tabletop role-playing games. Well, that's, you know, that's, I like to hear that. You know, this is, I, like to, I like to feel like I'm doing a service for people. It makes me feel important. Matt, talk to me about Teenagers with Attitude. Teenagers with Attitude is a podcast about uh, teens in tightly colored clothing, aka the original Power Rangers. Um, we get a. I am the least. Uh, I am the least bestest Lord Almighty. Yeah, I'm the least bestest member. That right there. That entire just putting <laughs> over myself. That kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Um, it's just yeah. a power podcast I do with my friends. Uh, we talk about Power Rangers. We talk about how Power Rangers doesn't make any sense. We talk about how Power Rangers has the greatest soundtrack of all time. Um, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. You should give it a listen. And there's what, like 50 episodes of Power Rangers, 100? Oh, Lord. Um, the original Mighty Morphin, I believe, has like 100 episodes. And then you start to get into the series that come out. There are essentially unlimited episodes. I think we actually talk about that on the show at some point. And if they were to stop making episodes tomorrow, it would on our current schedule, it'd take us like 30 years to cover everything. <laughs> Yeah, I just I saw um I saw them mention online that I think there's like currently like 900 or something. So yeah, I just wanted it's to... it's an absolutely staggering. We're, we're so never going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so this okay. week uh, we're playing Stars Without Number. Uh, it's a sci-fi adventure game, sort of inspired equally by old school Dungeons and Dragons style um, sandbox games, and also. Uh, 70s sci-fi role-playing games that the rule book specifically doesn't state because copyright's a thing. <laughs> um, so talk to me about your character this week. Okay, so for my character this week, I am planning on playing a psychic, um, and I'm planning on playing a healing-oriented psychic character. Um, specifically, I went with the spacer back of the... I believe it's called like biotech crewman, like space yeah. background. So I work on like the, I work on like the life support systems and I'm like the field doctor on a ship. Presumably, I guess we'll figure out what I actually am in a moment here. And, uh, I went with the healing training background. Makes sense. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to be rolling up your character live on the show, which is super exciting. Indeed. Um, so the way we're going to start is by the way so many games of this style start, and then ask you to roll 3d6 um, six times, and I will let you assign them to the six D&D uh, stats as you will. Outside. I'm not going to ask you to roll roll them straight down. Alrighty. I'm cruel, uh, but I'm not right that now? cruel. Uh, want me to roll them right now? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, first roll. Uh, we've got 10. Second roll. Uh, ooh, we've got 10 again. That's suboptimal. Not terrible, though. 
Third roll. Uh, much better roll this time. We've got 12. Uh, fourth roll. Um, 13 on our way up. Mm-hmm. Fifth. Uh, 12 again. And then last 10. Okay. Um, change one of those 10s to a 14 because you get to just upgrade one of your prime attributes, which yes. uh, for a psychic is you can make your wisdom or, cor- or constitution a 14. So change um, one of those. Alrighty. So I'll assign stats now. Uh, I'll make wisdom a 14. Okay. I will make uh, constitution 13. Okay. Um, I will make charisma a 12. Okay. Uh, I'll make dexterity a 12, and then the remaining two will be 10s. You say what, what, uh, dexterity was a 12? Yes. Yeah, okay. I'm just writing it down on my end as well. The bonuses are a little bit different in Stars Without Number than they are in most games of this type. So the only thing that you need to be aware of is that you have a plus one in wisdom. All right. And everything else is a plus zero. Right on. Write that down real quick. But because this is a 2d6 system, that plus one is pretty significant. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so the next thing we're going to do is we've chosen your characters. Um, we've chosen your class back or class and background package. Yep. And the training oh. background for your class. So next up, we're going to talk about uh, your home world. Okay. We can we can. There are some tables we can roll on that, or if you have an idea of where you want your character to come from. Uh, let's go ahead and roll tables. That sounds All right. interesting. Rolling tables are always fun. I'm a tables guy. I will roll on a table for just about anything. I'm the same way. It's like, give me a spreadsheet. Give me more spreadsheets. Yep. Okay, so the first thing we're going to do is determine the atmosphere of the planet that you're living on. All right. It's, it's a breathable atmosphere. Uh, general, mostly, you know, breathable. Yep. Standard Earth-like atmosphere. Temperature. Temperate. Very Earth-like planet so far. Uh, Earth-like biosphere. On the population, tens of thousands, so it's a very small planet in terms of population. Okay. Um, Let's see what comes up next. And then finally, the tech level. Tech level four, so sci-fi-ish. Baseline post-tech. Alrighty. So baseline science fiction. And now here comes the really fun part, is they have these world tags. These are things about your planet that are special. We're going to roll two of them, and I'm going to roll a D6 and a D10 and consult these weird world tag tables. Uh, I've got a four and a two, so it's an outpost planet. So it's out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. And the other one I'm going to roll, I got a five and an eight. Sectarians. Let me see exactly what they say, what the game says about that. Uh, the world is also torn by violent disagreement, disagreement between various sects of a particular faith. Each views the other as a damnable heresy in need of ex, uh, extirpation. Local government may be able to keep open war from breaking out, but the poisonous hatred divides communities. It may be religious or based on some other ide- some other secular ideology. Well, that sounds fun. Why don't you tell me what the conflict was that has split your world in two. Uh, the conflict that split my world in two, I'm, I'm going to keep it basic here, and I'm going to say I'm going to go with some sort of class struggle, like lower class versus upper class, something like that. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Well, let me ask you, um, what class does your character, and you had a name for your character. I don't think we actually said that on air yet. Oh, uh, Jamie Dawson. Jamie Dawson. Um, so what class does Jamie Dawson fall into in this conflict? 
I am going to go with, because my character's a psychic, what I'm going to say is that my character was originally from a poor family, but since I lucked out and was a psychic, I got kind of shuffled into the upper classes so I could be trained properly. Okay. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that that's, yeah, I feel like that's a pretty good image of what your character's homeworld is like. I've got a pretty good idea of their of uh, Jamie's background. So let's go ahead and dive into the next part of character creation, which is, I believe, the shopping trip, which is the best part of any game. Oh, yeah. So how much money am I looking at, or do you want me to roll that? Um... Oh, the only thing, the only other thing of note is that you have four, um, hit points. You also have a fray dice, which is, um, a thing that, uh, listeners of the previous episode of Scar, of Scarlet Heroes, which is done by the same guy. It's a D&D hack specifically for single players. Fray dice represents, like, minor hits in combat. It's basically, you get to, you're, because you're a hero and you're cooler than everybody else, you automatically hit people of a certain level of unimportance. So, um, so you have four hit points, you have a fray dice of four, you can use that on any opponent, um, and then you have 500, uh, credits to play, uh, to play with. Okay. Well, first thing I'm going to do is, because my character is obviously like a healer type character, I am going to immediately go down and see what kind of medical equipment I can get. Okay. Okay. So first thing I'm going to get is I'm going to get a med kit immediately, which is going to bring me down to 400. A wise choice. Gives you a plus one bonus to all medical skill tests. Indeed, and I am going to get... Um, now, when purchasing equipment, should I assume I have access to the basic essentials, food, water, etc.? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I am going to get a post-tech toolkit, since my character is reasonably proficient. Okay. And I am going to get... I should probably get a weapon of some sort. I mean, that's a character. That's that's a character choice, you know. It's it's true, but if I'm I'm if I'm on a planet that where things aren't necessarily super stable, having a sidearm of some sort seems like a good idea. It does. It does seem like a good idea. Um. So I am going to go ahead and purchase a revolver. Okay. I will also let me check and see how much ammunition costs here. I think it's it's on page forty one. It's twenty rounds for. 10 credits. Okay. And I'll purchase 20 rounds for the revolver as well. Okay. And, and that should leave me floating 40 credits, and I will just float the 40 credits because you never know when money's going yeah. to come in back. Yeah, yeah, Andy. Okay. And I believe, let me check the character creation section. I think that might be it. Um, yeah, you speak, your character speaks English. That's, um, does your, do, um, does your outworld planet have a different language than English, or do you think it's just English? I, I think it's going to be English. Okay, then you speak English. Um, since you don't have an intelligence modifier, you bought your equipment. The last thing you're going to do, which I think you've already done when you sent it to me via email, was you're picking out your two. Uh, you pick out two points of uh, psionic discipline or psychic disciplines. Right, and my psionic disciplines are going to be my primary discipline is going to be biopsionics. And that gives you biostasis, which allows you to bring people back from the dead if they've been killed recently. And I am also going to be a precognition. Or precognitive, I guess would be precog. the technical Precog. Yeah, precog. And that gives you omen, which if you focus on a certain task, you can spend a psychic point to 
get an omen of whether that task that making a certain choice will give you a positive outcome or okay. negative outcome. And I believe I only start with one psychic point, correct? Um, I believe you might. Let me double check. Oh, I add my um. You're, you get plus one, so you have two. You have two points per day. Okay. Or what have for extended rest. Okay. Well, then that's character creation. I feel like um, I just have a few more questions about when did Jamie get into um biotech? Like um biotech being when a ship's life support fails, the biotech crew are the people that have to go in, reactivate the ship, and like bring people back to life. Um, I'm going to assume. He got into biotech at around the same time they realized he had special powers and was shuffled into a higher class and obtained a higher education around okay. that time. So let's assume that was when he was 16. I'm assuming my character's in like mid-20s. Let's assume that that's like when he was uh, 16 or 17, let's say. Okay. Um, was this a... Was this a milit? Was he part of the like a military, a merchant marine, or was this a private operation? Um, this was presumably a private operation. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, then let me. The last thing I'm going to ask you because I have a pretty good idea of where, of what I'm going to subject your character to, is I want to know one person in Jamie's life from both the lower class and the upper class. Who Jamie cares about, like who Jamie, uh, a, a friend or a contact from the lower class and from the upper class. From the lower class, I'm going to say childhood friend. Okay. Do you want to give them a name or should I? Let's just say, let's keep it simple. Let's say Sam. Sam. First name basis. And from the upper class, I'm going to say his mentor. Sure. The person who helped train him. Sergeant Kavitha Kincaid. It's going to be her name. Good deal. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, the story begins. Uh, oh, I guess the last most important question is, does Jamie still do that, or has he gotten out into private work? And if so, what do you see that private work as? Um, he, um, I'm, what I'm going to go with here is Jamie's almost ready to start private work, finishing up, like, whatever this planet's equivalent of the last semester of school and then would presumably sign on, sign on with like a training company or a trading company bleh, to work as like their to work on their life support set, um, systems on like a frigate or like a large um, trade cruiser or something like that. Perfect. That fits in exactly with where I was going to go. Okay, fantastic. So the story begins. Jamie is on a routine training mission. Um, he has just completed. Like a simulated, a simulated run on a, an upper class, like a, we'll call the upper class the elite. That's nice and simple. There's the elite and the plebeians. I like that. Coined by the elite, of course. Obviously. So, he's just completed a standard, uh, training mission. Simulated biotech, uh, rescue run on an elite trading vessel. Alrighty. You're egged, you're walking out. Uh, you've, you've exited the, like, the training facility. You're chatting with your fellow students on your way out. When on your personal data pad, which is essentially a cell phone, uh, mm -hmm. you get a buzz. It's an SOS alert. It says, uh, stranded, low orbit, life support down, send help, Sam. 
Okay. Come alone, top secret. All right. I'm assuming I the next question you're going to ask is, what do you do? Yes. Um, the first thing I do is I go and try and find my instructor. Okay. And ask ask them what I should do. Sure. She is a statuesque uh, Indian woman in her late 30s. She is very. She's very fit. She's like she's a field a field trainer. She's not a behind the desk teacher type. So you come to her. Uh, do you show her the text, or do you or do you sum up the the thing? With generalities, like how specific are you being, considering that the text itself said "come alone, top secret." I'm, I- I'm gonna be honest with her. I'll show her the text. Okay, so you show her the text. She takes a long. She literally she reads it. Who is who is Sam? Is that a friend of yours? Yes, I'm gonna. It's not a fellow student. I know that. I know my class. I'm gonna say yes. It's um, Sam is an old friend of mine. I owe I owe him a lot. They did me a lot of favors back in the day. And I, and I owe it to him to try and go and help. Sam is a part of the elite? No. Sam is a commoner. Hmm. You know I like you, Jamie, so I'm going to do you a favor. But I'm going to ask that on the record books, this this conversation never happened. Un- Obviously. Understood? Understood. Great. Great. I can't requisition you an actual low-orbit vessel. But if I were to take a long lunch break and leave the keys to my jump ship in the parking in the docking station I said the parking lot in the docking (laughs) station and it were to vanish for a few hours Uh, and in your briefing you were to say that this was an on-field operation you 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 spin it as a chance to show off your skills in a live field setting then I might be able. I might give you a slap on the wrist, but I certainly couldn't take that as a infractable offense. If you get my drift. Yes, ma'am. Um. So yeah, she she stands up. She leap like real obviously throws the keys on the desk and says, "And by the way, you're gonna fill up the fuel tank at the satellite docking station. I'm not gonna hear anything about it." And if you touch any of my hollow entertainment channels on there, I will have you court-martialed. Yes, ma'am. Godspeed, soldier. She gives you a wink and, like, walks off. She opens the door to her office, and, like, the other people working, she's like, Hey, who wants to go for a liquid lunch? And everybody kind of, like, hops to it. They're real excited. All right. They're they're getting burritos. <laughs> liquid burritos. Liquid presumably. burritos. It's the future. Oh, that sounds... That sounds nasty. That sounds nightmarish. That is a nightmare. No, 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 no. This went dystopian real quick. Yeah, jeez, I could deal with the class struggles with this. (laughs) Liquid burritos. Yeah, okay, so you've got the keys. No, you've got the keys to a grab flyer. The thing uh... it requires, the skill that it requires, because you're going to have to pilot it. You're going to have to either pilot it or get a hold or track down a, a, excuse me, track down a pilot to... Pilot, like, fly it for you. Hmm. I'll try and pilot it myself. Okay. Alrighty. So, uh, what re- kind of... Oh, sorry. Well, what kind of checks do I need to make here, then? Uh, I was just looking that up. I'm just trying to track down exactly what type of vehicle it is. I think it's vehicle grav is what you're going to have to make. Okay. Yeah, it's vehicle grav. So, roll me a vehicle grav check to right. see if you can fly it into low orbit 
with the coordinates that Sam has given you without incident. Alrighty, 2d6? Yes, 2d6, plus if you have points in vehicle grav, or if you don't, then it's going to be 2d6 minus 1 plus your... So 2d6 minus 1. Okay. Let's and see it's going to be a simple check, so you're going to want a 6 or better. Okay, I rolled a 10. Perfect. So you're flying, you, you fly it in low orbit, you come upon an elite, like, star shuttle, like a patrol boat. Yeah, a very small, like, patrol boat. That's the coordinates that Sam has given you. Which is odd, because you know that Sam's not part of the elite, and you don't really, so you're not really sure. Yeah, something, something is not right, clearly. Um, you, uh, you can make a detect roll. I will, uh, go ahead and do that. I believe my character has perception? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Make me a perception check, and then you can also make me a computer roll. Those would be the two things. I'll start with perception. Cool. Perception, I only get a six. Okay. You, you notice that, um, there is some, uh, there is some damage to the exterior of the patrol boat. Okay. There does appear to have been some blaster fire. Okay. And, um, next up is a computer check? Yes. Okay. With a difficulty Two. of seven. Uh, made a six. Do I... I don't think my post-tech kit gives me an advantage here. No, I don't believe it does. No, it, it doesn't, okay. unfortunately. So, you can't note... You don't notice anything, um... You don't notice anything actively... Like, your scan doesn't pull up anything unusual. Beyond the blaster fire on the exterior of the patrol boat. Okay. So you can attempt to make a... You can attempt to essentially um, make a low orbit jump or like a... Roll me a... Let's call it another computer roll. And this one, I think... This one will give you a plus one because you're already sort of in the system to set up essentially a tractor beam so that you can do your standard biotech-like boarding process. Okay. Um, only got a five on this one. Okay. So, what's gonna happen is, yeah, what's gonna happen is you set up the tractor beam, you make the jump, you make the jump, but you are currently on the outside of the ship in low orbit, like, and, like, you're struggling to find a place to hold on to. I'm gonna ask you now for, um, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna say... Make me a tech post tech roll. Post tech, and we'll All include right. your po- a plus one from your post tech equipment to essentially punch your way through. The difficulty will be eight. Rolled another six. Okay, so you do eventually get in. It takes a fair amount of struggle, but you make your way through. Okay. And inside, it's um, if you picture like a patrol boat ship is about the size of. Like a two-bedroom apartment, so a couple hundred square feet, maybe like a thousand square feet total. There's a okay. few, like, rooms in it. All the lights are out, except for a few flashing emergency lights. You can make me a perception roll if you like, or you can interact with the space. There's various computers on the wall. There's, like, boxes. Um, I'll go ahead and make the perception check. Okay. That just seems like yeah. a good idea. Roll the three. I ain't perceiving shit. <laughs> you... <laughs> Boy, it sure looks like boy it sure looks like something bad happened here. It sure, I wonder what's going on. It sure does. And at <laughs> that moment, um you're you're so you you ever just stop and look at your hands? <laughs> like your fingers they all move like independently. 
Oh, it's like the first time I see the scored up, sh- the outer of the ship just pockmarked by lasers. I just, the first thing I do is pull out a blunt and it's like, yeah, I'm going to need to get yeah. really fucking high to deal with this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're so oh, distracted, God. you're so distracted by that dank ass weed <laughs> that you, um, you don't notice the knife being brought to your neck until you feel the edge of it right against, um, your skin. You, that's when you notice that somebody has come up behind you and is holding a knife to your neck. So much for that perception check. <laughs> See? These are the, this is why, this is why perception checks are important. Oh, Lord. Uh, I'm gonna ask the individual what they want. Jamie? Is that, is that you? Oh, th- Sam? Oh, thank goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Hey, hey buddy, how's it? <laughs> it's been a while. How's it going? I've been going reasonably well right up until you put a knife to my throat. <laughs> he, he, he puts the knife, he stashes the knife in his belt, backs up. Let me ask you, when's the last time you saw Jamie? Um, the last time I saw Jamie would have been like a month ago. Okay. Good terms, I assume? Bad terms? Good terms. Okay. Yeah. So, he looks about the same. He, Sam looks about the same as he ever does. You know, he's skinny. He's rail thin. He's out of the... He's wearing his, like, vac suit, but he doesn't have the helmet on. He's got a scraggly beard, kind of a pube mustache. And he's, but he's, she's shaking and he's twitching and he's kind of like, he's running his fingers through his hair, just trying to calm himself down. <laughs> so the, thanks for coming up here. If, um, I, I know that you've got that whole, you're that, you know, top of your class or whatever with this whole like biotech life support thing. If you could, uh, like get this, um, set up in, um, as soon as possible, that would be great. <laughs> Because we need to get moving, um, now. And how I'm going to respond is I'm going to say, you know I don't like to ask questions, but what the hell is going on here? I'm going to ask you to make me a roll. Okay. The difficulty is going to be six because it is your, because it is your friend. So I'm going to ask you to make me a roll of, um, let's see what skill I want it to be. If you have a skill you think you can justify for it, go ahead, because I don't have a particular one in mind. I'm going to say um, culture criminal, unless you have one, a better one. One of your better uh, skills to set up. No, that, that sounds good. Yeah, make me a culture criminal roll. Uh, and I roll a six. Okay. So, yeah, so it, you, you talk him, you spend a little bit of time talking him down. You spend a few, you have to spend a few minutes like, you're kind of used to this by this point. Sam is that kind of friend who won't ever tell you things the first time you ask, and you yeah. kind of have to like learn to speak his language a little bit. So it takes a few minutes, but he eventually he snaps and he just starts like crying. It just I I got so fucking tired of it, man. I just I I needed I wanted to get out of here, man, and I wanted to you know maybe spread some word about the shit that's been going on on our planet our whole fucking lives, man. So I I took a thing and I took a ship and I was gonna get off planet, but they the bastards open fire on me and now I'm stuck here and the life support is shut is down and I don't know how much oxygen we have left and I'm in trouble and I just need your help you can leave as soon as you get it set up and you'll never see me again and it's fine okay I'm gonna help him okay um I I will say um before I do help him I clarify what's gonna happen is this we're gonna come up with a story I'm gonna help him fix the ship and he's gonna leave and return he coerced me into helping him. This wasn't a thing I did voluntarily. Does he understand that? He 
takes the nut, like he pulls out his knife, he puts it to your neck, and he pushes on it just hard enough that there's now a red, a razor thin red line, like across, uh, like uh, along your neck. Okay. So this is kind of where my unfamiliarity with the system begins to kick in. Um, sure. How do I go about, like, assessing what's wrong? Uh, with this the is going to be system? an extended check. Essentially, I'm going to ask for a series of rolls. Okay. Piece by piece to essentially, like, as you kind of piece the thing together. Okay. Um, so the first thing I'm going to ask of you is a um, tech, post-tech roll. You can add the plus one to your equipment from your equipment. Okay. As well as, um... I believe I get, I... Do I have two ranks in post... No, I have two ranks in medical tech, not two ranks in post tech. Yeah, so... Alrighty. Rolling? Uh, make a six. Okay, yeah, you got it. Perfect. So you've succeeded at the first thing. You've, um, essentially plugged in your various, like, computer ports, your various, like, USB devices, and Like, such. diagnostics equipment. Like yeah, that. you've plugged into the mainframe. Okay. Now I'm gonna ask, and I'm gonna give you a plus, I'm gonna give you a plus one. Actually, I'm just gonna lower the difficulty, that makes more sense. I feel like it's six of one, half a dozen of the other, but yeah. So yeah, you're gonna try to make another, um, another difficulty six of computer. I forget okay. if, you, if you have computer or not. Either way, don't take a penalty for it. Okay. Because of your, like, equipment. So you're gonna try for a, uh, DC six computer roll. To interface with the thing to figure out what's going on. Oh, wow, an 11. Perfect. You are able to, you figure out, you see that, um, it's not only, it was, um, there's some damage to various systems that's gonna make actually flying this ship very difficult. But the main thing, the thing that actually shut down the life support was not actually the blaster fire that the ship suffered when Sam was escaping. It's actually an ion cannon that was fired and has essentially shut down a lot of the like mechanics of the ship. So whoever shot them with that, you're you you're 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 able to figure out like the timing stamps on that and figure out not only that it was shot with an ion cannon, but how long ago. So you're aware that like people know where the ship is. <laughs> okay. And so people have to be on their way. Okay. And the last thing, yeah, so the last thing I'm going to ask you, the last skill I'm going to ask you to make is a culture homeworld check. I don't know if you have that one, but uh, make me a culture homeworld check. Add your wisdom to that. Okay. So you're getting a minimum of a zero or plus one. Uh, I roll a five. Plus okay. One. So six. So is that after the plus one or before the plus one? Um, after plus one. Okay. So, yeah, you know that you know that they've got to be on their way. You're not able to tell exactly what they're going to be sending, but you know that they've got to be on their way. Um Sam is in the corner shaking and twitching and starting to shiver and like scratch itches and he's starting to he's starting to tweak. He's tweaking out. He's clearly not in the uh stableist mindset and he's not clearly not in the He's clearly had some courage, either liquid, liquid, uh, injected or otherwise, into this, and it's starting to disagree with him. I'm going to... Can I make a perception check to see what's wrong with him? Yes. Yes, you can. Okay. And yeah. actually, um, 
Actually, make me a make me a tech medical for that. Okay, um, it's I... liter- it's your essentially your job as a medical professional to do that. Okay, and I think I get plus two, plus one for wisdom, and plus one because I have two ranks in med tech. Yes, yes, that is correct. Okay, and you can choose to take a plus one from your med kit as well if you like. Um, I suppose I'll do that as well since there's no real reason not to. Uh, I roll. Okay, a... There's a yeah, there's a slight chance that in doing that you may essentially use up the med kit, but it's a if I roll a twelve on two d six, so the odds are pretty low. Yeah, um, I roll a six, so I'm looking at eight, eight base. Um, I, yeah, and I'll use so you the med kit as well. Okay, yeah, so you are or you're not? I will use the med kit. Yeah, so you got a nine, so yeah, you're able to figure out that he has, he is, he's coked up. He, er, space coke. Okay. Space coke. <laughs> uh, you know, um, yeah, he's, co- he's space coked up. And he, it has, he is... He took a bunch of it. You see that the bloody nose is starting to, like, his nose is starting to bleed, and he's starting to, like, shake. It started, he's, the, between the stress and the coke, he is going, his body is just going haywire. So it is going to, I'm going to ask for one more uh, medical roll, and this is going to be the last thing at the extended skill check, to inject him with something that will calm him down. Okay. That will counteract that. Alrighty. And rolling. And that's um, gonna be for an eight. You're one. You one an eight, and you're getting a plus three with your med kit. Okay. Snake eyes. <laughs> okay, so you got a five. So you he doesn't go into shock. He doesn't pass out, but he's still in bad in a bad way. Okay. Yeah, he's still in a bad way. Um, but you do. Well, now let me ask you. The last thing, um, this isn't this isn't a rule. This is strictly you. You you get to decide. Do you turn the ship back on, knowing knowing all that you know about Sam's Sam's medical state, the threat of people coming, damage to the ship? I do turn the ship back on because if push comes to shove, I can get us down to the surface of the planet and like get him medical attention. There's the from my point of view, there's no reason not to turn the ship on okay. because we're also leaking oxygen. Yeah, like that okay. has to be priority number one. Yeah, okay. You turn the ship. You turn the ship on. Life support kicks in first. Then the lights. The computers start buzzing, and immediately sirens begin blaring. Uh, intruder alert. Authorities alerted. Okay, that's actually like. Well, that's initially very panicking to my character. We already knew the authorities knew that something was up, so that's not this really terribly surprising. This is true. So, what's your what's your next move? The ship is active. The ship is active. I'm going to use Omen. Okay, so it, how would I use the Omen ability here? Because this okay. seems like a really good time to use that. What? What? I, okay, yeah. So you're going to spend one psychic point mm-hmm. to use Omen. I'm going to say you can ask me one question about a possible course of action, and then I get to go hippy dippy Twin Peaks. And try to convey my the way I see the result going one way or like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So you essentially get to ask me, and I will try as clearly as possible while having fun with crazy omens. Okay, the question I'm going to ask is: Can is I, I guess what I'm going to ask here is: Is convincing? Will I be able to convince Sam that surrendering to the authorities is the correct course of action? Okay, so, 
you 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 stare at Sam and you slowly close your eyes and you hear him at first you hear him man are you doing that psychic shit again i don't i do you know i don't like and then you start to hear it but then suddenly it sounds like you are it sounds like you go like you feel you don't hear it but you feel a splash around you like as though you've dove under as though you've dumped off the diving board you feel it, and then suddenly it sounds like Sam is talking to you through, like, water. And then suddenly you're standing with Sam, and his hands are manacled uh, with the authorities. Uh, Kavitha is patting you on the shoulder, and kind of in slow motion she's like, it was the right thing to do. Then you see, then suddenly you see her, like, turn around, and she's all of a sudden in a private office with two other officials. And she has a folder. You've never seen this folder before. But it's just, and honestly, it's a folder in whatever crazy future time we're in. That's already pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got this folder and she throws it. She kind of like throws it. And she throws it to the other end of this bare white office. And as your mind's eye follows the folder, it turns and it's suddenly like a big mansion, the kind that you've seen some of the higher-ups living in. And it falls into a fireplace and it burns. And the last thing that you see is essentially, um, I think that's the last thing you see. I think that suddenly, like, Sam is like shaking you like, quit being a psychic! I don't like it! Okay. So what I'm going to try and do here is I'm going to try and talk down Sam and convince him to surrender. And how I'm going to go about that specifically is because it's very clear that he's in like really bad shape physically. I'm going to try and specifically to use a bunch of medical jargon to kind of to explain why he's about to have a heart attack and die because there's a non-negligible chance that happens clearly. Because yeah, he's okay. in a really bad way. I like that. No, I like that a lot. So yeah, may add you can add your you can't use the med kit, but you can add your uh your your um it'll be no. charisma charisma plus your uh tech medical. Okay. So, so you're adding plus one to that. Okay. Um I roll a six. Okay. Yeah. You you sit him down, you're talking to him, you're like, I'm not being a psychic right now. I'm I'm here, I'm here with you. And you're communicating that to him, and he's listening. He's very receptive. You're talking your medical jargon, and he's like, "I am." And you're you're doing that. Um, you know the thing where you where you can kind of sort of trick somebody into feeling certain symptoms. Yes. Where if you're like, hey, "Are you, is your leg itching?" and then suddenly it's like, "Oh man, my leg is itching." Crap. Yeah, I assume that's kind of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, so he's you're, you're you're doing that to basically convince him that he's in a bad he's in a bad way, and he hears you out, and he says, "Okay, no, you're right, you're right. I'll go with you. I this I I'm gonna this is this is bad. This was I I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you here, Jamie. I took some things, and they really they made me feel a lot braver than I was, and uh, you know maybe that was a mistake, um, but." Okay, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. Let's go. But I need something from you. Okay, and what is that? He 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 gets up, he walks over, he opens up a footlocker. Mm-hmm. He grabs out a manila folder. The exact same folder that you saw in that omen. I have a contact. 
I have a contact on the refueling station. <laughs> I need you to give them this folder. They're a hollow dock producer. I think... I, th- I, I think... I'm not great with this government stuff, but I think that if you look through these files, I think something's going on between the Elite and Space Coke. I think they're, they're maybe distributing it or something, and I think that this file could blow that wide open. Okay. I can agree to that, and I, uh, I try and hide that on my person. Okay. Go ahead and make me... Uh, you don't need to make a roll for that. You, you can just sort of slide it into your vac suit. Okay. Your vac suit, despite being skin tight, now has like a folder. It has a magic folder shaped pocket. Yeah, exactly. Hiding all those incriminating documents. Exactly. So he goes with you. What we do is essentially, I, I, I'm assuming we're just staying on the ship until the authorities come. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And how I'm gonna, and how we, we're gonna frame it is that like I got up there. We're gonna frame it basically. We're gonna leave out the part where, of course, where I was originally conspiring to help him escape. Obviously, sure. We're gonna frame it as I went up there and I was able to talk down this rogue criminal and convince him to surrender to the authorities. That makes sense. That makes sense. So they they take you down to the um a police ship arrives. You're, you know, you get the whole, like, you get the whole, like, surrender, you send out whatever virtual white flag, you tell that they're your story, they bring you down to the surface. They bring Kavitha's ship down as well, she is like, I don't know what this is all about, he, I, my car was, uh, taken, and that's, that's, that's shame. And I obviously, I corroborate that story with, oh, I, I just had to do it, there was no time. Yeah. And you know, and she's like, she's got her big, big gulp cup for her burrito, and she's sipping on it. <laughs> Nightmarish beauty burritos. <laughs> See, the more I say it, the more I'm on board, though. No, so oh, nightmare- God, no, 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 no. <laughs> you can keep that shit. Ugh. Uh, good times. Yeah, she's, she like, she gives you a knowing nod as you corroborate the story. She 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 points to one of her medals, which is like whatever the next prom- level up from you is. She kind of like real offhandedly points to it and gives you a quick wink, and then she like gets shuffled off to do whatever else she's doing. Yeah, they take you in. They get your statement. It's about it's a few hours later. So the question is, you have a meeting. I should say Sam has a, Sam has a meeting at some point at the refueling station with this uh, hollow dock producer. Okay. How how are you? What's your plan to get from the surface to the to the refueling station, which is just in geosynchronous orbit? Um, first, can I get to a private area and actually read through the document? Yeah, absolutely. You have your you have your um, bunk. Being being that you're part of the elite mm-hmm. training, like um, a military training force, essentially like you're an officer school, mm-hmm. you have your own private bunk. Okay. So, so you're I- reading through the files. Mm-hmm. Make me, uh, you know, again, you don't need to make something. I keep saying that, but no, no, that's just not something that needs a skill roll. Okay. Um, yeah, there is actually some pretty damning information in here. There is some degree of finance, financial links between essentially space coke dens or people that, people that you think might have ties with that and military officials, including Kavitha Kincaid. Her name pops up in the file somewhere as well. Okay. But there is there is some fairly damning information. 
something that sh- that needs to be burst wide open. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll tr- go to the. Me- I'll go try and go to the meeting point then. Okay. Wh- what would be my options in this situation? Um, make me a culture world check. Okay. There's not going to be a thing. I'm just. There's not going to be a difficulty. I'm just going to say for each. Uh, for every certain number you roll, I'm going to give you an option. Um, I blew this one wide open, rolled an 11. Perfect. So, you have a few different options. You can try to convince one of your fellow cadets to, um, either through intimidation or diplomacy or what have you. You can try to convince another cadet to go with you. You can head down to the plebeian part of town, the wrong side of the tracks, if you will hit up a bar, and try to find a contact that way. You can attempt... You know that Kavitha's car is still in the parking lot, but she's certainly not going to give you permission to blow her own conspiracy wide open. So you can certainly try to steal her grab flyer. Having Knowing that you've already flown it, you have a pretty good handle on it. Um, and we'll say one more thing is you can... You can, you can also uh, hitch a ride on one of the on a ship, like a free market ship that's already heading up there to be refueled for an interstellar trip. Each one of those is going to require a skill. It's just going to be a different skill. I'll hitch a ride. Okay. So make me a culture spacer check. Okay. Uh, Roll to five. Okay. So you head down to um, essentially the shipyards. This is where the various... um, like uh, freight, essentially um, outer space freight trains. This is where they're sort of loaded up. They're fired off to the refueling station where they get the fuel to go to wherever they're going. Okay. This is the first stop. So if you're going to hitch a ride somewhere, this is where you got to be. Um, however, however, you're not being that you haven't that you've that you've been away from this for some time. You've been away from sort of the more working class people for some time, and the freight the freight pilots are not. They're not plebeians, per se, but they're also not elite, if that they're makes not, sense. They're not the most cultured. Exactly. So you walk in, and your vac suit is pressed. You've got your little, like, epaulets on your shoulders. They There's an almost audible record scratch when you walk into the freight yard. Always a good sign. Yeah. Um, behind, there's a trailer... There's various ships on, like, their stands, and sort of in the middle of them, there's, like, a busted old trailer. You see two guys in construction worker uniforms, like, walking out of it, smoking cigars, like, nudging each other and laughing, as an old, a pudgy old balding man, you see as the door to the trailer close swings shut, you see him behind a desk signing paperwork. So, um, so what's your, what's your plan from here? Um, I'll go ask the man doing the paperwork the possibility of catching a ride. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So make me a charisma, make me a bureaucracy roll. Actually, hold on. You know what? Actually, make me a spacer roll. That makes actually a lot more sense. Okay. Uh, roll a seven. Perfect. Yeah. So you talk to him. He's writing stuff down. He never actually looks you in the eye. So you're running away? Going AWOL? Is that it? Uh, I never said anything about going AWOL. All I'm doing is delivering this folder and getting the hell out. I'm a man of my word. What's on the folder? And you see him, like, sit up. Now he's looking you in the eye, now that you've mentioned the folder. Hmm. 
I'm just going to tell him it's private and personal. All right, but that's going to cost you. Um, that's going to cost you. Uh, it's going to be 100 credits or a favor. What kind of favor? Don't know yet. Not that kind of, not that kind, not that kind of a favor. I don't. <laughs> I'm going to just say I'm assuming something mechanical in nature. Yeah. Clear, like you can clearly see I'm a cadet and I'm, I'm good with, I'm a cadet and I clearly have like my spacer lapels on and my mechanic lapels on. I can clearly help at the place and I'm willing to put in a few hours or some hours of work free of charge. Well, you know what you can really do for us? Now, now that you, now that, now that I'm hearing you, I can, I got, I got an idea. I got an idea. You guys in the elite core, you get access to tools that are useful to us. If down the road you could just make one of those things disappear, we could call it a deal and I can have you on the next ship onto the station. I can make that happen. Okay. That's not something we need to do in the adventure. That's just a down the road thing. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, okay. So he, he hand, he tosses you like a workman's uniform. Similar to the ones you saw the two guys walking out with. Okay. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, put this on, ship leaves in ten, stash your stuff in a duffel bag, you're, you're a junior mechanic for the next hour. Okay. And I'm just gonna do all those things. Yeah, okay, so you're on the ship, um, it's a quiet, like, it's a quick ride, it's a few, you know, it's via rocket, so it's pretty fast. You make it to the ship, you make it... And, um, they unload, you're wearing, you're wearing the outfits, you're wearing the deck crew outfit, so you're not really, uh, like... Not super conspicuous. Yeah. You walk out, you've got your duffel bag, and you, they let you, they wave you on, but when you're on the fueling station, the best reference point I have visually is, like, an airport, um, like, uh, what's the word am I looking for? Uh, platform? Station? Yeah, it's like an airport platform, yeah. And it's just a big, long hallway. There's various, there's various tunnels leading to different ships that are docked in different places. It's a giant airport platform. There's carts selling space euros, which are oddly enough not liquid. Thank God. <laughs> there's something to look forward to in the future. Yes, and it is euros. Oh man, euros. They're so the good. constant. Oh, they really are. They're, They're so, so good. good, though. They really are. Oh, yeah. man. And it's Euro, not Gyro. Yeah, yeah, it's Euro. It's Euro. It's not Gyro. I mean, I know why, but, like, don't call it a Gyro, please. Don't. Yeah. Don't. No. Yeah, we like to have fun here on Party of One, but it's time to get serious. Yeah, okay. Uh, don't back call to it the a actual, Don't act. Back to the actual adventure. Uh, I'm just going to attempt to make a beeline okay. to the contact location. Well, yeah, the thing you're seeing is that there are... You've probably been to the dot to this docking or the fueling station once or twice. They've probably given you a walkthrough of it. You maybe interned here once or twice. Like it's a pretty common thing, especially among like the elite cadet, the elite core cadets, to do an odd job here that from that from time to time. Okay. You don't remember seeing this many armed guards like walking around. Okay. Something is up. They are clearly looking for something. Make me a perception. Make me, uh, make me a, either wisdom and perception or culture, or if you have, or if you alternately have points in culture criminal. I'm gonna go with wisdom perception. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, roll a six. Great. You, he, um, Sam described to you the look of the guy that you're supposed to meet with. He is a, he is a similar, he said he, Sam described him as looking very cool. Which means you have a very specific idea of what he looks like based on the things that Sam thinks would make a guy look cool. So you see a guy with a mustache that is too, just, it's too long. And like, he doesn't have a face that suits a mustache, but he just let it, let it go wild. <laughs> and he's got flowing blonde hair. <laughs> and he's got a, he's, he's, he's wearing a vest. And it's, he's not wearing an outfit that goes with a vest. But, and he's, and he's, and he's looking real, he's trying, he, Looks inconspicuous and in how conspicuous, or he looks conspicuous and how inconspicuous he's trying to look. Like he's sitting real still as the armed guards look around, and he's looking at his watch. And they have watches in the future. He's looking at his watch, and he's looking up. And you have a pretty clear idea that this is the hollow uh, doc producer that you're supposed to meet with. Okay. And he is sitting in a long row of chairs. If you picture like a boarding platform long row of chairs where people wait their ship to be fueled up. Okay. Uh, I'm going to approach him and ask him if he's um, was supposed to, and ask him if he's a friend, if he knew Sam. I guess okay. that's, how, that's how I'll word it. Yeah. You, uh, Sam, um, yeah, I never heard of no Sam, and then he quad, like he real quickly nods and you pick it up in his body language. He's like, nope, never heard of him. Sorry about that. I mean, why were you looking for a friend of Sam's? Oh, uh, I just had something to give him and kind of motion to the folder in my duffel bag. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what? Um, I, I do know. I, I think I know the guy that you're looking for. If, if you want to take a walk with me, I can certainly show you uh, where he is. Sure. Okay. And you get up. Um, you start walking. Make me a perception roll. Uh, another six. Wow, I just can't stop rolling sixes. That's, I mean, that's all you need, so. Yeah, you notice as you're walking that, uh, two of the armed guards begin to follow you. And he takes you around some, uh, takes you around some winding tunnels. You know, he walks you into the, he walks you into the outer space Applebee's to go. Walks you back out of the Applebee's to go. And... The guards are following you the whole time. And they're keeping a fair amount of distance, but they're also keeping their hands to their blaster pistols. Okay. So what I'm going to tell this guy is that we're being tailed and we can't do this. I'm going to try and do this on the DL, obviously. Okay, there, yeah. If there's a fair amount of distance, I'm imagining that it'll probably be able easy enough to say that without the guards picking up. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. You can say that without a problem. Okay. Um... Okay, you know what? Here's what's gonna, here's what's gonna happen. And he, um, here's what's, uh, here's what's about to happen. I, 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 we're already, you're already tagged because you were seen with me. <laughs> but I can do you a favor. And he, he leans in. He leans in as though he's about to whisper in your ear. And you feel him reach, uh, for the revolver that you've got stashed. And he pulls it out real quick out of your um the gun like your holster, and he points it at you. He's like, "This is a robbery! Give me your duffel bag." 
And I do it immediately. Yeah, so he grabs your duffel bag, and he's, like, waving the gun around, and he just mouths to you, run. <laughs> the guards, like... Wait, actually, this plan doesn't make any sense at all, now that I think about it. No, 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 but this is this is fine. I'm obviously not going to run, because that's insane. Yeah. Well, yeah, so he's got the duffel bag now, and he's got the gun. But at least you've, it seems like you were robbed and not, like, you didn't give the duffel bag, or give the folder willingly. Yeah. So he's got the gun. You've got your hands up. The guards have drawn their blasters. What is your next move now? Um, keep my hands up and try and back, keep my hands up and back away slowly into the space Applebee's. Okay. Yeah, so you, um, you back up, but one of the guard, like, a third guard, a third guard, like, turns a corner and has a gun at you. Where do you think you're going? Um, and I just respond, I'm trying to get the hell out of here so I don't die. That's, f okay, yeah, that's fair. I can see how that would be a response of yours. Um, can I ask why you were interacting with that man? Because I thought... What was going to happen was I was simply supposed to deliver a package to him. Um, turns out I might need to find better friends. Uh, yeah, can you tell me what was in the package? And he, like, leans into a microphone on his lapel. I have no idea, and frankly, I don't think I want to know, given how crazy this fucking guy is being. Yeah, okay. And then he just leans in. He has the package. We, uh, move in on him. And the guards move in on him. He... Yeah, okay, now we're going to move into the final climax, because he's going to do something stupid. Okay. He, um, they go to tackle him, like, all three of the guards, the one that was confronting you in the Applebee's, the two guys that were that were following you, all converge on him, and they go to tackle him. Just as he's about to go down, he spiral throws you, uh, the duffel bag, duffel bag, and, and, and just says, like, Meet Red, meet Red, or he throws it to you, and he says, uh, front, like, front left pocket. You look in the front left pocket, and it says, there's a handwritten, like, a hastily scrawled note mm -hmm. that he must have written as you were, like, walking together. Uh-huh. That just says, Red, uh, Platform 7C, ASAP, please, a lot of people are counting on you. Which, now that I say it, is a lot of things to be writing hastily on a note. But that's, but that's another factor. <laughs> he's really, he was really fast. Like, he drew that revolver in an instant. He jotted that note down in, like, one second. Guy's a pro, clearly. This dude, dude, dude knows his stuff. So, yeah. Uh, um, I'm going to grab the duffel bag and run. And okay. The deal here is, if I'm intercepted by the guards, I'm just going to use the, uh, that was a dangerous situation, and I was just trying to get the hell out. Okay. Uh, Excuse. Make make me an athletics roll. Okay. Actually, um, I'm gonna say you 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 do this, and I'm gonna go ahead and trigger your other omen. If that's okay. okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. That actually seems this is actually a really good time to do that. So yeah, yeah. go ahead. Um. So you 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 do that. You come up with that plan. You grab the thing. You see. Um. It suddenly, you look, you look down the hallway of the platform, you see 7C, like, blinking. And, like, the wor the room around you, it's not like it was before, it's just literally the room around you has started to change. Suddenly, it's blinking. Suddenly, you look, and it's a, it's a star ball, uh, field. 
in front of you, and you see the guards like going for their weapons, and all yeah, and all you can think is, and like you just feel yourself. You suddenly look down, and you're wearing a Starball uniform, and you're like, oh, okay, this is how it has to go. Like this is this is what has to happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if any of that made sense, it. I I think I got the gist of it yeah. at least. Okay, so go ahead and make me an athletics roll. Alrighty. Oh wow, roll a nine. Perfect. So you go um, first. Firstly, you're you're running, and um, one like two guards try to flank you, and you like tuck and roll, and they just collide into each other like a bad Three Stooges skit. Okay. Now make me a wisdom and perception to get a sense of like what's in between you and Seven C. Uh, another nine. Damn, you are crushing it. Yeah. All those apparently. early failures are paying off. Yeah. 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 So you're able to, you're running and you see three arm, you see three, three more security guards standing between you, or not standing between you, but in different places between you and 7C. Okay. You also see a man in, just at this point, like, that this, yeah, this, this dude is full on wearing the deep throat, like, trench coat and fedora hat with the collar pulled up. He's not even trying to look not suspicious, especially after how this has all gone down. That's your guy. Okay. But the thing that you also notice, because you rolled so well, is that the crowd is scattering and running. So if you were to, um, you, and you, uh, yeah, there's, the crowds are, like, are mobbing. They're riot, they're essentially rioting. People are trying to run to their ship. People are just scrambling. Um, someone has flipped over the Euro cart. No. I know. Not the Euro cart. I know. Sons of bitches, It's the man. only non-liquid food that's left. <laughs> I shed a single, I stopped to shed a single tear for the Euro cart. And you're tackled and arrested. Game over. I'm kidding. Oh, wow. That's, that's <laughs> anticlimactic. Um, yeah. So if you can use the, uh, riotous chaos to your advantage to try to avoid these guys, I would happily give you a skill bonus on whatever role you try to make between now and uh, 7C. Okay. I am going to try and not not hand off per se, but more... What I'm going to try and do here is I'm going to try, because guards may be looking, I'm going to try and sort of like fumble the duffel bag at this guy and then just keep moving. Okay. That makes... Oh, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. That's really good. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to give you a plus one because there's mob and thusly you looking clumsy is going yeah. to look really natural because there's chaos in all sides. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to make a dexterity. Alrighty. Uh, plus stealth roll. Plus one. So at, at minimum you're just rolling, you're just rolling a plus zero. And I'm going to also roll an opposed roll. Okay, I rolled an eight. Yeah, okay. So describe to me how this occurs successfully. Okay, so as I'm running past the guy, um, I, I fake tripping basically and kind of face plant, leaving the duffel bag. Then I, but now I'm all on, like all on all fours and I just kind of scramble and run it just like straight past him, leaving the duffel bag at his feet. Okay. Does that yeah. make sense? Yep, that makes perfect sense. He picks okay. it up. He looks at you. He tips his hat as, like, an armed guard comes and handcuffs you. He's gone in the crowd. 
He's hunting the okay. crap. Cut to a few days later. The news report on the hollow, like on your hollow screen, fills you in on some of the details. The guy that the the guy that with the mustache, his name is Dax Clinton. Oh, that is a great space name. Yeah, right. Yeah, Dax Clinton has been blamed for everything. Okay. Everything that happened at that airport, Dax Clinton was responsible for. Okay. Um, he, cause he pulled a gun, he made a big mess, like, that was, yeah. He stole my revolver. Yeah, he stole your revolver, like, he, he took enough of the fall on that, that you were able to get out essentially scot-free. Okay. Your actions were justified as a panicked civilian. Yep. Furthermore, um, some scathing, uh, hollow news reports have, were put out, and, you know, several high-ranking members of the elite were busted for this. Were busted for this this scheme. Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. yeah. So you you don't get you don't get credit for that, but you're also but you're also not in jail for hijacking an airport. Or I consider that a win. Net I helped win. the people, and I survived this yeah. level head intact. Yeah. These space coke dens were shut down. Like, uh, and this is off the streets. You are walking out of another training session. As your life has sort of fallen back into the normal routines. Your final exams are coming up. Oh, joy. Uh, you did get that commendation from Kavitha, from Kavitha that she was sort of implying right before uh, she was arrested and ousted in shame. Oh. <laughs> so you did still get the commendation, so that's good. Yeah, I got that at least, but man, uh, maybe... Uh, uh. She was nice, I'll give her that. Yeah, it's... Uh, but, yeah. Um, you're walking out, and you see, he looks a thousand percent better, but in the distance, like, as you're walking down the steps of the training facility, you see Sam, like, leaning on an auto car, and he, like, he gives you the, like, finger gun snap. You know, the, like, nice. Yeah. And then the crowd walks by, and he's, like, he's vanished once again. Yeah. Off to get one into whatever trouble he's in. And yeah. so you just have that moment of where you, you see each other. And you know. I'm the hero. You are it's the hero. Me. I did it. You did do, You did do it. I did the good thing. Yeah. So I you, stopped the space coke. You stopped the space coke. Fuck uh, the landed gentry. Yeah. <laughs> Glory to the plural proletariat. Yep. That's exactly what happened. And awesome. then, like, you smile, and we pan out, and we see all the stars uh, across the galaxy. The stars without number. Oh, God. Come on. <laughs> Get the fuck out. No. No, we're done. No. Yep. Done. No, no, we're done. It's game. Oh, Christ. <laughs> That's all staying in because it's too good. Oh, oh. Well, thank you for having me. This Absolutely. was uh, this was a really good time. All right. So, uh, Teens with Tude on Twitter? Yes. that It is at Teens with Tude. Uh, oh. A podcast about Power Rangers nostalgia, bad special effects, and Goofy's 90 plotting abound. Updates once a week on Friday. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on Party of One. This has oh, been yeah. a blast. I had a great Th time. Yeah, this was fantastic. This oh, was really, super, really super cool. fun. All right. Well, with that said, I'm going to throw it back over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Matt for coming on the show. That was so much fun. Be sure to check out Teenagers with Attitude. It's a great show hosted by a great group of people watching a great and often very odd show. I don't know if you've ever gone back and rewatched Power Rangers, 
but it's much weirder than you remember, and I think that Teenager for Attitude showcases that very well. Make sure And make sure you follow the show on Twitter at TeensWithTude. And while you're on Twitter, you can follow this show at Party of One Pod, then like it on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast, and if you're feeling really inspired, you can hop over to iTunes and give the show a nice review. Five-star reviews are super helpful in getting new people to find the show. Party of One is produced by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. This episode edited by Jeff Stormer. Music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Rand featuring the D&D Sluggers. Until next time, party people, thanks for listening and remember, when all is lost is when you begin to reach deep inside and find the universe within. Hondo! Hondo!